You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Well, this morning we're talking about connections. Everybody say connections. And uh, the aspect of that I want to talk about this morning is relationships. Relationships are connections. And we want to look at this because this is a, a very, very important thing. This is really where much of life is lived out of. And how many of you know your relationships can energize you or they can drain you? And we do life, do life with other people. We do life with other people. To be isolated is unhealthy. Proverbs 18.1 talks about the fact that if you uh, isolate yourself, you rage against, you set yourself up against all sound judgment and wisdom. You'll end up making wrong decisions and getting squirrely if you, if you isolate yourself. When God created man, after a while, he said, you know, it is not good. The man should be alone. And so we're better off with other people. I said, we're better off with other people. And there's an enemy who's against relationships because it, one can chase a thousand, but two can put 10,000 to flight. The scripture says. The Bible says that if one falls down and he's by himself, woe to him. But if he's got somebody with him, then they can help each other up. They can, they can help each other with what they're doing. They can keep each other warm. They can encourage one another. And it's the enemy that is against relationships. And so we've got to look at how vital these relationships are and monitor them in our lives. Now, some relationships we need to cling to. There are also some other relationships we need to clip. And it all has to do with influence. And again, to use that word, you've got to monitor the influence. Who is influencing who for what? And if you have relationships in your life that are influencing you in the wrong direction, you need to create some distance there. If they're influencing you for good, you need to embrace that. If you're influencing others for good, that's, that's something to look at. There are what are called right connections and there are wrong connections. You know, if you're wiring something electronically or you're hooking together plumbing or whatever, with right connection energizes you. There's four kinds of people, adders, subtractors, multipliers, dividers. You want to make sure that you're connected to adders and multipliers, not negative people and gossipy people and all that. You don't need to, you know, get hooked up with that because that drains you. You want to have right connections that energize you and and bring life and they cause growth. And and they're safe. There's also wrong connections that are like a, a short circuit. They can cause you to malfunction, so to speak. And they can even be toxic. And you've got to watch those. Now, Proverbs speaks of this. And it says in Proverbs 13, 20. And it gives us a promise. And it gives us a warning. Here's the promise. He who walks with wise men will be wise. Here's the warning. But the companion of fools will be will be destroyed. Listen to it in the message Bible. Here's the promise. Become wise by walking with the wise. Here's the warning. Hang out with fools and watch your life. Read it. Fall to pieces. How many of you know it's so true? It's so true. And a lot of the bad decisions that any of us make usually had to do with who we were connected to. And so it's very, very important that we look at the right connections and the wrong connections. Don't forget that you are a connection to somebody else. How many of you know that someone was a connection for you? We talked about this a couple weeks ago. When you became a Christian, if you've, if you've done that already, if you are a believer, somebody was a connection to help you to do that. Aren't you glad? 
Come on, aren't you glad? And, and aren't, aren't you glad that you didn't have to be all prim and proper and have everything all together and already halfway holy before they would be a connection or be a friend? You know, and so someone was a connection for you and you need to know this and we'll talk more about it as we go along. You are to be a connection for somebody else with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now we are to nurture right connections. We're to feed, we're to protect, we're to help grow the right connections. And I, first of all, want to talk about these kind of connections and relationships, your inner circle, your up close relationships. And of course, that would be your immediate family and then some, some friends, dear treasured friends that would be very, very, very close to you. Um, you can't be friends with everybody. Well, you can't be friends with everybody. And there are limitations. You know, there, there are studies done that show that people only have a certain capacity of circles and, and your inner circle. That's what I'm talking about, first of all, and then we can go out another level or two. With that. But Jesus had the, you know, he had the 500 and he had the 70 and he had the 12 and he had the, he had the three. And, and first of all, I want you to apply this to your first couple of, of circles here, the inner circles and up close here. And realize this, that you're going to be held accountable for your relationships. You're going to be held accountable for your relationships. I want to make sure everybody knows this. You're going to be held accountable for your relationship. We don't have a chorus with those words in it, or we would sing it right now, but, but you're going to be held accountable for relationships, for right ones and for wrong ones. And how did you nurture, you know, relationships? It's an important thing. Relationships require maintenance. Relationships require maintenance. How many of you know that if you don't maintain something that requires maintenance, what's going to happen to it? It's going to break. It's going to get messed up. It's going to get really yucky. Even an aquarium. How many of you, when you were little, had one of these little little deals and, and you got a turtle and a rock and, and some water? Come on. Mom, I promise I'll take care of it. And then how many of you know he's growing cheese on his back and he has to dig a hole to get into the water, you know, through the stuff. How many of you, that's a familiar picture. Okay. Some of y'all being honest. Okay. Or if you have a, a machine or something that requires maintenance, and if you don't do the proper maintenance, eventually something's going to go wrong. And sometimes people live for decades with one another and all of a sudden, pow, boom. Now, what was all that about? And it was a lack of maintenance along the way that eventually you get to a place where something happens and we've got to look at this, make sure that we're giving proper maintenance to our relationships. Can I get an amen or something out of somebody? It requires maintenance. And, and among others, there are at least four things. And I want to touch on these this morning, at least four things required in maintenance. First of all, time, energy, communication, and grace, time, energy, communication, and grace. How many of you know there seems to be a conspiracy against those things? I mean, we, we need to put time into relationships and we get busy. We need to put energy into relationships and we get tired. We need to have good communication. We need to give grace, but we get impatient. We get distracted. We just feel like, how about somebody give me some grace? And we get all those things going on. Am I, am I talking to anybody? Okay. And so we need to uh, provide these things, time, energy, good communication, and grace 
to our relationships. I want to go over these just real quick for us today because this is absolutely vital. And listen to me. Listen to me. If you've got relationships wrong, the rest of life is going to be messed up. Agreement is the place of power. And husbands and wives, you know this. When you're in agreement on something, there's power, there's energy. How many of you know when that agreement gets broke and you're at odds with each other or upset with each other? How many of you know you can feel the energy just going right around? Come on. Y'all are afraid because you're sitting next to them. It's true. It's true. And the enemy is against agreement. The enemy is against good, strong, healthy relationships. This is about as spiritual as you can get. Because the only thing you're going to take out of here is relationships. And you're going to be held accountable for your relationships. So let's look at how we maintain these. First of all, you have to give time. Everybody say time. You're going to have to give time. Time is the currency of this dimension. Time is the thing that people most desire from you that are up close, that are, that are in that inner circle up front, up close people. And time must be spent. Time must be spent. And get this, quality trumps quantity. Quality trumps quantity. It's a matter of giving some quality time. How many of you have heard that phrase before? It's quality time. Not a whole bunch of nothing time, but some time that really, really counts. I don't say this to brag on me because, Lord, I need to do better with this. But yesterday was a real good day for this, so I'll use that as an example. My 11-year-old son, Gabriel. I studied. uh, Saturday's a big study and prayer day for me, and I'd finished that. And then I had to go run an errand. And I came back and I said, before I left, I said, buddy, when I get back, let's ride bikes. So when I got back, we rode bikes. And we rode like two, three times around the neighborhood. It didn't take that long. And we get, we get back and you know, we're, we're both like, and it just kind of, it just bonds to give that. And then later in the day, he said, dad, could you never mind?" And I said, what, what? He said, could you move mom's car? So I should, could shoot some baskets in the driveway. I said, sure. So I went out and moved the car and I'm walking back in through the garage, to hang up her keys. And I'm thinking I should go play. Nah, I don't want to. I should go. So I went running out there and he's shooting and probably in his mind, he's playing against somebody, you know, in his mind. All of a sudden I'm, I'm defense man, you know, right in front of him. And we just played just a little bit, but you know, you would have thought I bought him something incredible, you know, just on that time. And you could just feel the bond. And as I told him good night last night, I was like, we had a blast today, didn't we? And you know what? It wasn't hours and hours and hours. It was some quality time. And I'm going to tell you this about time. You can't substitute time. You can't, well, I know you want time with me, but go get an ice cream or here's this, or here's the credit card or what you No, no, there's no substitute for that. And there's some people, their lives are in trouble today because at the right time in their life, the right people did not spend the right time with them. And so it's very, very important. It's very, very important that we give time that we actually spend time with other people. And again, quality trumps quantity. Second thing is this. Energy. Everyone say energy. Oh, that was so energetic too. Let's say. All right. Now, now the, I'm going to illustrate with this. Now put a little energy into saying that. Everybody, everybody say energy. energy. See? Now it's one thing to spend the time, but what if you don't bring any energy? 
All right, I'm here. I've, what do y'all, what do y'all want to do? Play some board games, something. We got to give energy. Here's something that helps regulate the giving of anything. We usually use these verses concerning uh, finances, but it's anything that you would give. Second Corinthians nine, verse seven and eight. So let each one give whatever he would give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. I'm here for God loves a cheerful giver. God will show up when you show up. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. And what you do, you are to bring something with you in that time that you spend. There needs to be some energy. How many of you physically could use some more energy? Come on. How many of you just feel kind of run down and man, where'd my energy go? Let me give you a law, okay? A rule, a principle. Whatever you sow, you will also reap. Oh, I can't sow any energy. I hardly have any. <laughs> Go walk. Do some push-ups on the counter. Do, do something. Get yourself going. Uh, go play tennis. I haven't played tennis since high school. Go do something. And if you'll sow some energy, you'll reap some energy. The same is true in relationships. But when you show up and spend your time, you need to also give some energy. You need to add to the situation. You need to lift the situation. You need to be an encourager and a helper and liven things up. Don't be the drag. Oh no, God, God help us. Dad's going to spend time with us. Come on, kids, quality time. No, it's not, it's not going to happen unless you also put some good energy into it. Enthusiasm actually comes from the Greek and it means in theos. God in us. We should bring the good and godly things into the situations. Amen. Thirdly is communication. Commune. Yeah. Okay, Sean. Right there. Communication. Communication is so vital because relationships are connections. And I'm going to tell you something. Communication can help to strengthen the connection or it can break the connection. And we've got to be careful. We are responsible for how we communicate. And the Bible says we need to season it with grace. Did you know that anger always distorts communication? Whenever anybody's angry, the the communication is distorted. You're not going to hear each other right when one or both of you are upset about something. And that's why we've got a Bible has much to say about in Proverbs 15. One, it talks about a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words going to stir up anger. And we've got to, we've got to keep anger away. We got to put anger away and keep it out of there. It always tries to come in. I mean, you know, anger always loves to be featured in anything, you know, and and we, what we need to do is be very, very careful this because anger distorts good communication In Colossians four, six, it says, let your speech always be with grace seasoned with salt. One translation said, let it be seasoned as it were with grace that you may know how you ought to answer each other. And let me, might I add, or if you are to answer each other, I mean, you know, sometimes it's good to just hold your peace. 
And then in Ephesians 4.29 in the message, it says, watch the way you talk. Everybody read that with me. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word a gift. In Proverbs 31, 26, it talks about the virtuous woman. It says that the law of kindness is in her mouth. She always has something worthwhile to say and always says it kindly. We need to make sure that we're speaking kindly. Now, I'm going to tell on myself just a little bit. Is that all right? Okay. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. So, Because y'all are so holy, y'all never have this happen. But, but over the last couple of days, there are different times where I would respond to my wife. She would say something and I would respond and she'd go, no, what was that for? And I go, what? And she goes, you sounded like you're angry or whatever. And I go, I wasn't. Now what I said, and honestly, I wasn't, but it sounded that way. So guess who's bad? (laughs) And you know what the problem is? Not what I said, how I said it. Tone. Everybody say tone. Don't you wish you had a tone knob? We're going to turn it all the way to sweet. And then break off the knob. So it's always sweet. And you know what? She convicted me and the Holy Spirit convicted me. Because what good is anything else if... We respond to each other. We're working against a connection. And communication is absolutely huge in this. And it's not just what you say. It's how you say it. Watch the way you talk. And let me just tell you this too. Either build up or hush up. Either build up or hush up. I'm going to give you a minute. Either build up or hush up. Because it's important because of these connections of relationship. And last of all is grace, grace. Everybody say grace. You know, grace is, I mean, a huge word. One of the biggest words that we have, honestly, but grace in relationships provides cushion. It provides cushion because you know what? We're going to come to realize in each other. We all have faults and sometimes we're more aware of their faults than they're aware of their faults. How many of you know that love is blind, but marriage helps you see very clearly? Come on. I mean, when you were dating and courting, they're just perfect. Then you get married. I'm telling you, if they do that one more time. And what happens, we kind of put on for each other sometimes, you know, but, and we're on our best behavior. But I'm telling you what, we're going to have to have to have have to have some grace for one another. In Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, if it is possible, read that with me. If it is possible, if it is possible, as much as depends on you live peaceably with all men. You know what that implies? Sometimes it may not be possible, but you have to make sure that you're doing your part. If it is possible, as much as depends on you live peaceably with all people. Ephesians chapter four, verse two and three, it says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making, get this part, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. If you love, you'll make allowances 
for this. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together in peace. And one of the wonderful things we have is the ability to reset. If you're in relationship with somebody, if you're in love with somebody and, and Jesus being the center of that, you have the ability to reset. To forgive one another, to cut each other some slack, to give some grace, to make allowances for somebody because you love them. And realizing that not everybody's at the same level. And sometimes you make allowance for one that, you know what, you're going to hold somebody else to a little higher standard. Last Sunday at lunch, somebody actually came, grabbed my face, pulled my cheek, pulled my nose. And I loved it. It was my seven-month-old grandson. (laughs) However, if I'm at the door today and one of you... uh, No, we're not that close. We're different levels, you know, but we make allowances for one another. We give each other some grace. Because we've got to keep relationships and connections strong. And we're going to be held responsible for those connections and for those relationships. Amen. Now I want to shift gears just for a few moments before we finish today and hear me carefully on this. We're talking about relationships and friendship. Jesus was called. See if you know this one. Jesus was called a friend of sinners. Jesus was called a friend of sinners. You know that he came to seek and save the lost. Not just hang out with the religious and the righteous. Zero in with me on on this. He didn't just come to hang out with the religious and the righteous. He was a friend of sinners. He came to seek and save that which was lost. And hear me on this. And his mission is our mission. Come on. His mission is our mission. I'm going to mess with you just a little bit this morning with some truth though. Because some of us have got to change our minds a little bit on this. Because sometimes our mindset is, Jesus saved me and I got my three holy friends. And we're in our holy huddle. And one day he's going to come for us. You're missing your point because your main God-given purpose is to be a light in this world. And Jesus was a friend of sinners. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And his mission is our mission. And if we're going to fulfill the great commission, all right, you ready for this? We're going to have to have some level of friendship and relationship with people that are, quote, unchurched and people that are, quote, unchristian. You're going to have to have some relation because the only way to reach them. Listen, there's some programs that are from bygone days that do not work anymore. We're in a different world. Theodore Cleaver grew up. We're in a whole different world now, a whole different uh, everything. This is an information age. It's, it's, it's a, a scary world. And people are only going to move within relationships. And we're going to have to, if we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, we're going to have to open our hearts and open our minds up a little bit and realize we're going to have to develop some relationships, even some friendships with some people that don't believe everything that we believe. Now, stay with me. Stay with me on this and let me just develop it just for a moment. The best way to do that is relationships. You can't be salt and light if you're far off removed from folks. You're going to have to be within range of them. And again, your main God-given purpose is to, be, is to be a light. You are to have, listen to me, you are to have some relationships and friendships with some folks that are unchurched. Yes. 
We are to have that. Now, you still have to monitor the influence. We are to be separate, but we're not to be isolated. We're in the world. We're not of the world, but we're in the world. And we're going to be held responsible for those as well. Listen, the target for the church is not the already convinced. The target for the church, you know, the the well don't need a doctor. Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. Jesus Christ. And the church is the body of Christ. And his mission is our mission. And there's a right way for us. And we, first of all, got to open our hearts and open our minds and stop judging everybody about everything. And maybe be a connection and love them enough and nurture a connection enough to help them want to see the light and want to know about our God. Now, I want to give you some things just real quick, then we'll get out of here. I'm just going to develop these real quick. In order for you to be a friend to the unchristian, can I give them another name? Pre-Christian. And in order, and in order for us to be, is my cheek red? Cause I sure hurt myself when I did that <laughs> pre-Christian. And in order to connect with the unchurched or can we call them? They're about to be rechurched. There's a couple of things that we need to do real quick. Here's what you need to use. You need to use your house. And by that, I mean this, it's where you live. It's where you live. It's your neighbors. It's your neighbors. You need to know your neighbors. I'm convicted of this. When I was pulling out my neighborhood this morning, I realized, and and I believe this, I believe that two houses on each side of you, you should have some kind of relationship with. And I realized I don't have that. I've I've got some to a degree and we're working on that. We've been developing, but I don't even know the last name of somebody that's two houses away from me. And you know what I'm going to do? And I'm going to ask the Lord to help me to extend I want to go over to them soon. I'm going to make a a goal to do it this week and say, I know we've lived by each other for years, but I've never introduced myself properly. I'm Tim Gilligan, not Pastor Tim Gilligan. And I have this, you know, got my card and uh, we're on television. And uh, no, just go be a neighbor. Say, this is me, our family, blah, blah, blah. And we're just... Two doors down if you ever need something neighborly. And when you're out at the mailbox or putting out the trash or, or we do this a couple of times a year, we live in a cul-de-sac, we'll, we light up the sky. Fourth of July, New Year's, we'll, we'll light up some fireworks, you know, make sure that we get out and, and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to be doing these. You want to come and be with us? Bring your kids on out. Come on. Over. Instead of them in their yard going, look at that. Well, you think that's something. Look But look, and I'll go ahead and say this so that I make sure this gets said. All of this takes some time. It takes a while to plow, to water, to sow, to water, to harvest. Takes a while. And we've got to start being neighborly. And if you're out in the yard and they drive by, how about a smile and a wave? Everybody do this real quick. Did you know it's a sign of covenant and safety? Because when they used to cut covenant with one another to protect one another, they would cut right across here, shake hands, which is also a sign of covenant and safety, that I will protect you. I am with you. 
Your enemies are my enemies. Your situations are my situations. They would mingle blood. Not safe to do today. This is better. But when they would, and then they would rub in. They would rub in either gunpowder or a certain type of dust that would mark it or would tattoo it. And then later when you passed that way and you saw them, you showed covenant and safety. You're okay here. I'm for you. I'm with you. And we dwell by our neighbors for safety. You need to wave. You need to smile. Even if they don't. I've had neighbors before that didn't smile for years. (laughs) Run next to their car. (laughs) Use your house. Use your hobbies. This is where you play. Maybe you take your kids to ballet or gymnastics or swimming. Maybe you golf, maybe you go to the gym, maybe you're in a club, maybe you're on a team, whatever it would be. You're, you're interacting with people and you need to be friendly and you need to be a light and you need to use your hobbies. You need, need that time where you have some like interest to let them see. And let me remind you, it takes a while. It takes a while to plow and to water and to sow and to water and to harvest. It takes a while and you need to use those hobbies. And then you also need to use... Your hours and your hours means your work and the other parts of your life where you frequent restaurants and you frequent stores and the people that are co-workers that ride in the truck with you or in the cubicle next to you or they're down the hall or the across the factory room, whatever it would be that clients and co-workers and so forth that you use that also as a place to start to make connections to start to be a light and stop judging everybody we're not a judge you know people by their fruit you know what's right and what's wrong but the bible never said that you just isolate yourself you are to be salt and you are to be light and his mission is our mission and if we're going to fulfill the great commission To make disciples, we're going to have to have relationship with people. Get out of the old church mindset. It's just us four. No more, my little holy little group. And start to expand your heart and expand your mind and realize that there's some broken people, hurting people, seeking people, wonderful people that God made have some problems in their life. And Paul said this, and such were some of you. But someone was a connection. Someone was a connection. God help us to open our hearts and open our minds and start to connect with some people. Have some relationships. Have some friendships. And begin to plow and water and sow and water and harvest. Let me add one thing here and then I'll wrap this up. Be it your neighbors or people where you play or work or shop or eat or whatever. Remember that I said it's going to take some time. So that means you do not come on all gangbusters. I'm going to tell you what, I follow Jesus and I can tell that you don't and you're about to split hell wide open. (laughs) And God sent me over here to tell you that. And that he loves you very much. You know what, they don't want to hear that. 
They want to be, see somebody be real, make some kind of connection with them, live it out in front of them. You don't have to be perfect in front of them. You just have to have a heart after God, pray for them, ask God to put some kind of favor on that and let him work in that. Let me just stop right here at this. You and I are going to be held accountable for relationships and for connections. And for those that are up close in that inner circle, let's make sure we're maintaining those things right. Let's make sure we're giving the time, the energy, and the communication, and the grace. That we're praying for one another, we're cheering one another on, and keeping and making those connections strong. And then beyond that, God help us as individuals and as a church to open our heart and realize that his mission is our mission. And we're going to have to make relationship. And, and you know what? Chances are you already have all kinds. And let's make sure that we're being fulfilling our God-given purpose to be a light. Amen. I'll stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.